That's right, people. Don't Burn This Country is officially out. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. You can get your copy at DaveRubin.com slash book. Did you read it? Yes. There were two. Yes. We are now number one, and that's gotta be a real shame if you are over at number four there, the anti-racism. <laughs> I'm the baby. But is it racist? Don't buy that, that's not good. This book is about the things that you can do to survive and thrive. <laughs> DaveRubin.com slash events if you want to join me on tour. And if you get a VIP ticket, as you know, you get the one second hug. All right, people, today is a big day. It is April 12th in the year 2022, and it is don't burn this country day. If I'm not mistaken, guys, I was told this morning that Joe Biden has declared today a national holiday in celebration of the publication of my second book, Don't Burn This Country, of which I am surrounded by right now. I've got tons of books here. This is very, very exciting. This is the one day that Joe Biden said in his speech this morning as he was declaring today, don't burn this country day. He said, today's the one day he won't burn this country. That's what Joe Biden said in the speech. It was unclear if he was ad-libbing that or if that was off the prompter, uh, but I'm super excited for today. We're getting a ton of love. The book is selling like crazy. We're, we're topping most of the important Amazon charts. Uh, if you have not picked up the book already in either book form, this is an actual physical book with words made out of paper, uh, or in audiobook form, which obviously a lot of you guys, because you listen to podcasts and you're cool tech savvy cats, uh, you can pick up either version at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. You know where to do that. Go to DaveRubin.com slash book. And what we're going to be doing today, because I want to celebrate those of you who, uh, who have been my biggest supporters, you know, the original, the first 5,000 books sold, we offered to our locals community to get signed uh, numbered book plates. So the numbered book plates, actual one through 5,000. Now I've got all sorts of stuff to sign here. So what we're gonna be doing today is if you buy the book now through noon Eastern for the next hour or so, every single person that buys a book, either at daverubin.com slash books, all you gotta do is just forward us your email. You're gonna buy the book and then just forward us the email at contact at rubinreport.com. And I'm gonna sign one of these for you. Now these that we have here, what this is, now you may remember, we sent out 75 of these influencer boxes, right? And this had the book in it and I sent these out to all sorts of people, to Ben Shapiro, to Jordan Peterson, Douglas Murray, my whole crew. Uh, we just sent these out as sort of thank yous for support and friendship and all that stuff. But they all included this little special note that we had. And, but we have about a hundred extra of these because we only sent out about 75 boxes, but for some reason they sent us about 200 of these. So I wanna send these to you. They'll never be printed again. They're one of a kind. I will sign them on air for you and I'm gonna write your name on the freaking thing for you. I've got Sharpies, I've got shellacked paper, I've got books, all of that stuff. So all you gotta do while you are watching the show today, buy the book wherever you buy it, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore, just forward us the receipt at contact at rubinreport.com. And if you want it personalized, you can put a name in there and we will do that. Or if you wanna buy a ticket to the tour, which comes with a book, 
this is a lot of information for these good people. Uh, you can just forward us the receipt for the tour tickets to contact.rubinreport.com, and I will also send you one of these and sign it. And if you buy VIP tickets, I'll sign the book again when I meet you. And as per the video earlier, you will get the one second hug. By the way, shout out to Connor who put that video together. That was a little surprise for me this morning on uh, book publishing date. Uh, so today we're gonna do a little review of some of the ideas in the book. And you know what I've been talking about a lot lately, obviously is okay, we're surrounded by morons. All right, the Democrats are psychotic. The leftists are lunatics. All of our institutions are melting. But the whole purpose of this book is there is a way out. It really is. I've been hinting at a lot of the ways out. We have to build new things. We have to think about the world a little bit differently. We have to disconnect from some of the bad people and bad ideas. That's really what the purpose of this is. As the subtitle says, I want you to thrive, not just survive this woke dystopia that we live in, because we're in it, right? Boys or girls, non-racists or racists, two plus two is five. We're in dystopia. We're in it right now. This is it. This is how it feels. I know we all thought dystopia would have a little more synthwave music and we'd all be wearing, you know, unicolor uh, outfits or something like that from Star Trek. But no, this is what modern dystopia is like. This is what reality dystopia is like. But there are ways out. And I want you not only to survive through it, which a lot of us are just kind of surviving day to day. We wake up, more nonsense comes, things get slightly worse. We wake up the next day, more nonsense comes, things get slightly worse. We wake up the next day, rinse and repeat over and over again. But truly, that's, that's the purpose of this book. Let's fight this thing. We can fight, we can thrive. I think I'm a living, breathing example of it, that you can figure out ways to thrive in all of this madness. I mean, look, look what I was able to build here. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We'll do some of the, the current events kind of stuff and all that good stuff. But first, real quick, I just want to tell you, there is something major going on with one of the tour stops. So, you know, I've been teasing out all of these tour stops all along and just real quick, uh, and uh, most of the VIP tickets are sold out already, but I think there are some left and there are general admission. Uh, Don Jr. will be with me in West Palm Beach, Benny Johnson in Clearwater, Florida, Andrew Clavin in Raleigh, North Carolina, Michael Malice in Atlanta, Phoenix, keep it rolling, Yanmi Park in Chicago, Glenn Beck in Dallas, Megan McCain in DC, Megan Kelly in West Nyack, New York, Dennis Prager in Brea, California, Larry Elder in Oxnard, California, Dennis Douglas Murray in San Jose, California, Blake Masters, in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm hearing that there will be a Charlie Kirk appearance at that one as well, and Brian Callen in Denver. Now, many of you have been asking, Dave, what happened to Orlando? The whole tour was supposed to kick off this coming Monday, April 18th, in Orlando, and then suddenly, a day or two ago, we disappeared the Orlando show, and people were freaking. They, our email was blowing up. People were freaking texting me, trying to get me. What's going on here? Okay, so here's the deal. If you have tickets to the Orlando show, do not do anything. We are moving the date of the Orlando show because we have landed a huge guest. I cannot say who yet because we're waiting for like a signature on something basically. Uh, but it is basically the best guest that I could possibly get. That's, I'm willing to say that much. I'm willing to say that much. Yes, it is the best guest I could possibly get. And it was worthy of us changing the date on this Orlando show. So the link for the Orlando show will go back up. Trust me, this thing is gonna sell out super quick. I hopefully can announce it. We could find out actually during this live stream that I can actually announce it. I think you can probably guess as to who it might be. Someone is big, is big, you know what I'm saying? Um, so don't do anything. If you've got the Orlando tickets, yes, the date is changing. 
Uh, and if for whatever reason you can't make the alternate date, obviously you'll get a refund, but otherwise your tickets are good. And if we've caused any inconvenience for any of you, if there's anything we can do, the two second hug, you want me to sign something extra, we'll figure it all out. It's all good people. So I'm very excited. And uh, again, you can get tickets to the uh, tour at daverubin.com slash events. Oh, are you trying to hand me something? Is that what's going on here? Here, there, all right, there we go. Let's talk though, before we do anything else, let's talk about some wine people. They're handing me wine on the show. I thought this was a celebratory champagne, but it is a beautiful Malbec. Uh, I think perhaps from Argentina. Do you know what's in the wine bottle sitting on your kitchen counter, people? No, traditional media won't tell you this. Try oak flavoring, mega purple dye and tons of sugar. And that's not counting all the chemicals left over from the vineyards that look more like oil refineries than the great chateaus of old. But better wines do exist and they don't cost an arm and a leg either. Take it from America's top wine explorer. Recently, he came across a wine unlike anything he's ever tasted. Problem is this delicious red wine can only be found in a single isolated corridor known as the world's most remote wine valley. He nearly died twice trying to find these vineyards. The wine is that special, so I think you should give them a try. Today over at Bonner Private Wines, my audience can get these rare wines at half the retail price. No need for a promo code, plus you'll get 50% off shipping. The wine is truly something special, but supplies are limited. Visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave to claim your wine. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave. And now back to me. I made a seriously awesome smoke tri-tip on Sunday night, and we knocked out a bottle of this, and it is quite spectacular. Okay. So I wanna to talk to you obviously a bit about the book. We're gonna do some Q&A as well. So anyone right now, if you, if you buy a ticket to the tour or you buy the book and you forward us the receipt, contact at rubenreport.com. You can also put a question in, so we'll take some questions. We've already loaded up a bunch from the locals community and um, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the program. Oh, and I'm, I'm all over the media, by the way, in case you're not sick of me yet. Could, could people ever be sick of me? Would, would that be possible? I'm, I'm sort of doing a million shows over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, I did Glenn Beck's radio show. I was on Patrick Bet David's show a couple of days ago. I'm on Ben Shapiro today, Megan Kelly right after this, Eric Metaxas, Will Kane's podcast. I'll be on Kennedy on Fox tonight. Later this week, Ad Sad, Michael Shermer, Ben Dominish, America's Newsroom, Chad Prather, Spicer and Company, John Bachman, Prager, Whitlock, Eric Bowling, TPUSA Live, Charlie Kirk, Prager U. I got a new Prager U video out next week. Okay, okay, okay. Promo, blah, blah, blah. You got the idea. If you get the book, just forward the receipt, contact at rubenreport.com. I'm gonna sign one of these for you guys. I'll even personalize it for you. And you get to ask me a question right now. So uh, let me talk a little bit about the book, why I wrote the book and all of this stuff. So, you know, when I wrote Don't Burn This Book, which I wrote mostly in 2018, and I was on tour with Jordan Peterson when I got the offer for the book. Uh, some of you actually may remember the story. I think I've told it once or twice. We were in uh, Dublin and I had a meeting. We had got a couple offers to do a book. My, my agent had sort of wanted me to do a book for a while, but I, I felt I was just very busy with the show and the tour and everything else. We got a couple offers and, and then I finally decided to do it. And uh, we actually, we got the offer. No, we had the initial discussion while we were in Dublin. And then we got the offer when we were in Oslo. And Oslo was one of the biggest shows that Jordan and I were doing. And I got the offer literally about a minute and a half before we were about to walk on stage and I got the offer. I walked into Jordan's dressing room. David was with me and Tammy was with Jordan. And I said, Jordan, I just got the, the offer for the book. And I told him a little bit about it and my idea. And he, in just perfect Jordan Peterson fashion, he was sitting in a, in a swirly chair, smacked his hands. He had the biggest smile. That wasn't a good smack. Like that, you know, it was just like one of those like pure, 
yeah, like that, like just joyous slaps, like huge smile. He spun around like 360 in his chair, got a big hug. He was so excited for me. And then I started writing the book throughout uh, the rest of the tour. So I wrote the book in 2018 into 2019. The book didn't come out till April, 2020, which at that point we were already in lockdown. The whole tour, I had a, I had a worldwide tour. We were gonna go into Europe and a whole bunch of other places in Canada. And I think we we're gonna go to Australia. That whole thing obviously got decimated, but that book came out and, and Don't Burn This Book really was, hey, these are my ideas. These are the classically liberal principles that I try to live by. I also talked a little bit about my own evolution, obviously related to belief and, and my political evolution, of course, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then two years go by and this COVID thing happens and we lock people in their houses and we depress people and we destroy jobs and we, ruined so many of the brilliant ideas that have freed people in Western societies for all of these years. And over the course of the last year and a half, or about a year and a half ago, I thought, well, if I'm gonna be locked at home anyway, we should probably be thinking about writing something else. And I talked to my publisher and they, they immediately wanted to do it because the book, the first book did obviously really well. And I thought, well, what's the next step in this? And the next step is, okay, we can talk about ideas forever. And like, there's a, certain set of irony with that, right? I, I'm a talker for a living. I try to communicate these ideas to you, translate some of this nonsense so you guys can take it and, and hopefully live a decent life. Um, and I thought, but it's not just enough to talk. We have to do some stuff. And, and I had done some stuff along the way. You know, I wasn't happy with big tech and I started Locals. Um, I had sort of evolved on a personal level in that we decided that we were gonna have kids, which was a huge jump. I mean, make, that's almost the biggest decision that you can make to actually do something, create something new, quite literally, in this world. Um, to really be part of building a completely alternate media landscape. I mean, what's happening right now with, I would say, The Blaze and The Daily Wire and PragerU and Rumble and Locals, like we're really building something that we'll be able to put the other thing in the past. So there will be a day, and I don't think it's in the too far off future, where I'll be able to say, you know what? We don't have to show clips of Joy Reid anymore because not only do we know not that many people are watching, but the cultural relevance of Joy Reid and the clowns at MSNBC and even the buffoons in the administration and the liars and all the people that we make fun of here, we won't have to pay that much attention to them anymore because if we build the proper institutions and we build the proper media companies and all of those things, then we won't be dependent on them. They won't have that much influence over us. So in many ways, I, I talk a lot about that kind of stuff. Um, also, I wrote the book um, while, well, the way the editing process works, you're writing the book, then you put it down for a while, then you have to pick it up again. So I, at the beginning of the book, I was in LA. By the end of the editing process, I was already on my way to Florida. But, but part of what I was writing about and thinking about was how you've got that footboat footboat thing that I'm always talking about and that you should live in places that are more in line with your lifestyle. And, and in these last three months here, I think I began to thrive in a new way because of moving to the free state in, of Florida. Uh, so I get into a whole bunch of stuff in the book about the fertility process and, and adopting Clyde at the same time that we literally, <laughs> we um, don't, it's not, you're not donating, you're depositing your sperm and then we were, it was during lockdown and we had to run to the fertility clinic and I'm running to the fertility clinic as they're locking everything down. It was really a weird day. It was very windy in LA that day and they were saying, we have to lock everything down and you gotta get us your sperm immediately and I'm running there to give them some sperm. And I had just found out that they were gonna kill all these dogs. So I wanted to get to the dog shelter and also Emma, our 
a previous dog who we just loved and adored for 16 wonderful years. She had just passed away. We didn't want to get a dog yet, but I had to save another dog because they were going to kill the dogs. We got to deposit sperm. We got to get a dog. It's a whole thing. The lockdown's happening. We run into the, uh, <laughs> we run into the sperm clinic and who's standing outside the sperm clinic? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman standing outside the sperm clinic, sperm clinic and Right as I get out of the car and I'm walking into the sperm clinic and I see Dennis Rodman's my left, uh, Donald Trump Jr. calls me to ask what I think about all the lockdown stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm on the phone with the son of the president of the United States. I got a, a former NBA legend standing outside of a sperm clinic. I got to go do my business up in there. We got to go save this dog. It, it was a hell of a day. So anyway, I get into that story and a whole bunch of other stuff. I talk a little bit about my going off the grid experience that you guys know I do, do every year. Uh, why leaving Patreon, starting locals was so important. Uh, some of the ways that you can fight what I call the bravery deficit. You may have seen the, the video that I did a couple years back uh, from, for PragerU about the bravery deficit, that we're all, we all know something's wrong and, and we're just not saying it. We're not addressing it. We're not doing anything in our own lives to, to push back against it. And, and I really mean this. I, I don't think I am anyone special. I am one guy and I just started saying the things that I thought. And by the way, it comes with plenty of hate. I get plenty of hate. And as you know, years ago, when I first started getting hate from the supposedly tolerant, lovely, diverse uh, lefties and progressives, uh, I developed alopecia, much like uh, Will Smith's wife. What's her name? Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, now I don't run around hitting people, uh, but, and it's all my hair back, which is very exciting. Um, but you get a lot of hate, but, but the more that you're quiet, the more that you give room, you give oxygen, you give energy to the people that are destroying everything. Uh, so I, I talk about that. I go into a little bit about my, my history doing standup, um, you know, and then that's all couched, of course, in this idea that I did actually then make the move. And that's what I'm trying to show you here, that the, the action is the key part. So making the move from California to Florida and the rest of it. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the book. I wanna answer a bunch of your questions. As I said, if you buy the book during this live stream until noon today, there's only about a hundred of these left. I'll show you exactly how many we got. I, I counted them on the way up the stairs today. I got to about 90 and I think I had about 10 left. This is what we got. So the first hundred of you that buy the book during this live stream, and most of them will go to the locals community, I think, um, We'll, I'll personalize it for you, I'll sign it for you. All you have to do is forward your book receipt or your ticket for the tour receipt to contact at rubinreport.com and I will sign it for you. That's just a straight up signature right there. There you go, but I will even put your name on it if you want. And there, there's only 75 others of these. Jordan Peterson's got one, Shapiro's got one, my whole crew, Glenn Beck's got one, and you yourself, you good, wonderful person, uh, you can have one too. Uh, so you forward those receipts to contact.rubinreport.com and put a question in there and I will do some questions today as well. I'll answer anything and everything. And we got one more ad for you and then I am gonna get to all of that. Uh, real quick guys, I wanna talk about cryptocurrency because you know it may represent the future of money. I think we all know that at this point. It's one of the most exciting investment opportunities to come around for some time. But what about taxes? Well, with an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer these taxes. Set up your account in minutes at no charge today. Invest with as little as $10 and trade all you want. Ready to take your investments to the next level? Diversify like the pros and trade without tax headaches. Open an Alto Crypto IRA with just as little as $10. Just go to altoira.com slash Ruben. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A 
AltoIRA.com slash Ruben. Start investing in crypto today. Go to AltoIRA.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, so let's get to some questions and I will sign things and personalize them for you. You guys can throw me some names as things are coming through the, uh, the uh, prompter there. And uh, look, we're, we've already hit number one on a bunch of the charts. We know this thing is uh, selling really well and I'm just, I'm excited and I'm um, flattered and I'm honored and I'm humbled and all of that good stuff. And we're having sushi for lunch today. They said to me, Dave, today you can have lunch because you wrote the book and you worked very hard. You can have lunch today. They usually starve me. Uh, but I said, let's have sushi. So sushi is in the house today. Cat uh, says, how do we not lose hope when inflation is at insane levels, stores have empty shelves, gas prices are at an all-time high, and there's no end in sight. People are still whining about mean Trump as our country is crumbling before our eyes. I go days without looking at any sort of news because it's all so depressing, but when I go back to see what's happening and, think, uh, and things are looking worse than before I took the break. Thanks for doing what you do and pointing out how we can fight back and try to muddle through. Well, first off, look, there is a lot of bad news. There is a lot of bad news. Just, I think, in the last hour, uh, they released some new inflation numbers. Is it up to 8.5%? Is that what I saw just before? Yeah, about 8.5%. That, in essence, means every time inflation goes up, that means the currency is worth that much less, right? So the more inflation goes up, it is a tax on you. It is, in essence, your dollar is worth 8.5% less. Now, there's always a little bit of inflation, but you want inflation low so that your, your money goes further. And then what happens when your money doesn't go as far, then the prices of good, it becomes this deal in hell. The prices of goods get raised because the guy at the store needs to make more money because his money is devalued less. The, the cost of fuel starts going up because the guys in the trucks, their money to gas up the truck is worth less. Like you can see how it just spreads and proliferates throughout the economy. So look, just economically alone, there, there's a lot of problems right now in the supply chain stuff and all that, but, but sort of everything that I've been talking about on this show and that you guys just know in your lives, like there are less things on the shelves. It's taking longer to order basic products. Um, we have this very bizarre war in Russia and Ukraine, and it's like, we're not in the war, but we're at war. There was the disaster in Afghanistan. Like, I don't have to go through all the stuff. You, you get it. So the question really is sort of, what do we do in that? Well, I've laid out actually in this, in this book here that happens to be coming out today, I've laid out a lot of the ways you can disconnect from some of this stuff. You really can. And even if that meant in your life, like watching less of these shows, I, I hope I provide something here that's a little bit different than some of the other shows and you get to laugh a lot and that's what makes me enjoy this the most. And when I see the comments and a lot of people yesterday were saying it was the funniest show we'd ever done. It's like, to me, that's like, the great part of this. And if I can make you laugh while maybe learning a little something or getting a little, like somehow pilfering a little truth out of the endless cacophony of insanity that these people are pushing on us all the time, then that's pretty great. But I would say that you just have to think about your life a little bit differently. One of the things that I go into in the book is, you know, if you're, if you're 17 right now, so you're like a junior in high school, everyone's telling you, you got to go to college. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to a four-year school where most likely you're gonna be brainwashed to walk out of it with $120,000 worth of debt with a, with a degree in 18th century lesbian poetry uh, to think that you're gonna become whatever it is that you wanna become. Uh, and actually in the book, this is one of the things I'm most proud of in the entire book. So in the book, I tell the story of, uh, of Phoenix, who's sitting right there, who's my associate producer right now. And I wrote the book again about a year and a half ago, and he was interning for us about a year and a half ago. And he was going to college and his internship was wrapping up because he had to go back to school. And I said to him, we had a sit down 
and he was thanking me for the opportunity and everything. And I said to him, you know, if you want a job, um, you should stay and we'll give you a job. You don't have to go back to school and we pay all your benefits and you, you get a great job and I think you have a bright future in front of you. And he was like, no, I think I think I do want to go back. And then he went back for, what do you go back for? It's like eight months or you went a year, basically a full year, went back and it was Zoom and it was, campus was closed and open, whatever it was. The experience wasn't coming together the way he wanted. And then he called us one day and he said, Dave, does that offer still stand? And, uh, and now he has a full-time job benefits, all that good stuff, living on his own for his, for the first time, great apartment. How's life these days? Amazing. Amazing. You hear that? Emphasis on the uh. Amazing. That's what he said. And and I tell you that story because I wrote the first part of it in the book. I didn't know he was going to end up actually taking my advice, but here's the living proof of it right here. So that's a young person saying, hey, I don't need to be part of the system that they put out. I don't need to be indoctrinated and go into debt to be indoctrinated for no reason. There are ways that you can do things a little bit better. And I think that's part of it. So whatever's going on in your life, like be less reliant on those systems. You know, one of the, the big issues that we have right now is that millennials, they don't know how to do much, change a tire or grow some food or some basic stuff. And then we all become more reliant on these systems. Imagine if the grid, the, the real grid, I'm not just talking about the power grid, like electricity went out for two days. Although imagine if electricity, went out for two days. Actually, we had a little power outage here. It was a pretty bad storm uh, about a week ago on a Saturday night and our power went, not our power, our internet went out. Power was fine, but the internet went out for about three hours. And we realized we had nothing to watch. We were in the middle of watching uh, The Gilded Age on HBO, but then you can't access anything without internet. And uh, you know, we, we played checkers. We actually played checkers. David wanted to play chess. I, believe it or not, now I'm going to embarrass myself. I, I don't know how to play chess. He wants to teach me. I don't know how to play chess. We, so we played, we played checkers. Um, but we're all reliant on these things. Um, so whether that's building, you know, getting off the grid with a Tesla Powerwall, which of course is expensive, but there's other ways to do it, or knowing how to grow some food, like there's actually some things. We all became a little more kind of preppery, didn't we? Over the last two years, having a little more food, maybe in a, in a backup freezer that you have in the garage, maybe buying a gun for the first time, which is what we did. Um, those type of things, like stop being so reliant. If government was as small as it was intended to be, the stupid decisions of Joe Biden and, and the rest of these criminals almost at this point, they wouldn't matter that much. So that's all I've got to say about that. Catherine is asking a question. Catherine, I'm going to personalize this for you right now. I forgot that's what I'm supposed to be doing. At the same time, Catherine, your question is, at the tour, will you have hard copies of your book to purchase for family and friends? Yeah, first off, every single ticket, VIP, regular general admission, et cetera, they all come with a copy of the book. And I believe we will have extra copies to sell. We will have extra. We'll, we're gonna bring some, if, if not, I'll give them to you if they're not selling them. It seems that you would sell books at the show. So uh, yeah, you will be able to get extra books there. And I will sign all the, the VIP copies for everyone that does the old meet and greet. And if you would like to join me on tour, in case you have not been paying attention, it is DaveRubin.com slash events. Uh, Raw says, while you were writing, were there ever any nights you dreamed about the book or parts of it? Pleasant, unpleasant nightmares. You know, it's funny, Raw, R-A-W-E. I'm signing that to you. Um, I, have a, I have a very consistent uh, nightmare throughout my life, or at least throughout the adult part of my life for the last 15 or 20 years, uh, which is, and then I'll answer the book question specifically because I think you'll see the connection. 
um, is that I'm, I'm going on a TV show and they either forget to record it or my microphone won't work. So I used to, when I was doing a lot of stand-up, I used to always have a dream that I was going on The Tonight Show. It was usually the, the or the it was the Letterman show. So whatever that was, The Late Show. And that I would be, he'd bring me out and I'd go up there to start doing my thing and the microphone would not be working and nobody could hear me. That would be one, or I'd have another one. I had this one a lot where I'd be guest hosting The Daily Show and I'd crush it. And then right at the end, they would tell me that they forgot to broadcast it. So like, so like that sort of thing, you can see a sort of theme there. So I did several times during writing this book and during the first book, I would have dreams that I wrote the book, but I forgot to hand in the script or something like hand in the manuscript or that they lost it or the publishers just couldn't publish it. Like many versions of that sort of thing. There's definitely something there. There's definitely something there about like my relationship with the, the system or something like that. Um, but that, that would be the main dream related to that. I, you know, actually every now and again, one thing that I have found very helpful is if you ever write a book or do anything somewhat creative, if you're like really trying to kind of noodle something, noodle through something creatively, uh, if you just keep a little piece of paper or a small notebook next to your bed, uh, preferably with a Sharpie instead of a, a little pen, um, that way, cause you, you know, a lot of times you wake up in the middle of the night and you've had this dream that you can't quite piece together, but you're like, man, I got something. Like something just happened. I just had a thought that I know is real and true. And something just was, I just got something out of my brain through the ether. It just came together. Um, but you forget them, right? Almost the second that you remember them, you forget them. It's, it's sort of the magic of what dreams are. Uh, so a lot of times I would just kind of scribble down something real quick. Sometimes I would, I would literally, there's an episode of Seinfeld where this happens to him, but I would literally just scribble down a word and then I'd wake up and I'd have no idea what I was talking about. Like, I would just look at it and be like, what, what did I mean by blue chicken? Like, what, what actually did that mean? And then I wouldn't be able to figure it out sometimes. Uh, there's the episode of Seinfeld where he was doing that. He'd write, think of a joke in the middle of the night, write it down, then he didn't know what he wrote. So I think a Sharpie is better because you're more inclined to be able to read it rather than if you scribble with a little, a little just regular pen. Uh, Amy, you're getting a signed book plate here. Uh, did you experience writer's block or did the insanity of our world today provide you with an overabundance of content? Um, it was a little different writing this one than the other one. The, the first book was very easy, even though it was my first, in a way it was very easy because it was, it was about all of the stuff that, that I had been talking about for so many years, right? So in some ways, oh, actually, like we quoted, I actually quoted from the PragerU videos that I had done and some of the interviews that I had done. This book is, as you'll see, it's a little more research heavy. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more historical. So it's a different, it's a different type of book. You'll feel the moments where I kind of really lock into like where I'm just sort of on a run of my own stuff and you'll see the silly Star Wars references and that kind of thing. Um, but, I, but writer's block, yeah, there are kind of days. Well, it's not even writer's block as much as like there are just days where you just go to the well and there's just not much there or there's a million other things happening in life. Um, and, you know, also the other thing with writing, as I said, the, the process is really slow. So you write for however many runs, months you write for. I think it was about six months or so. And then you hand the book to the editor. The editor then looks at it for a couple months. So I handed the book to the editor, if I'm not mistaken, right before I went off the grid in August. So it was in July. My editor looked at it for about two months. Then we have about a month or two of edits. So then I was editing the book as I was moving. 
So I was also, my, my mindset had shifted a lot. So we removed some stuff related to California, um, but you'll actually see just if you wanna know sort of the, the, the slow process of, of the book world, and it just is what it is. I'm actually, it's, it's, just, it's just a process that has existed. On the, uh, on the inside flap of the book where they have my bio here, my bio actually says I still live in Los Angeles because a lot of this in terms of the, the sort of functional part of printing a book and everything else, had been done before, but in here you'll see moments where I say I'm on my way to Florida. So it's just, it's just one of those things. JC, you're getting a card. JC says, how was writing this book different from your first one, which I love? Well, I sort of addressed that. I sort of addressed that just now. Um, but what else can I tell you related to this one? Um, the, well, the first one, I didn't know how to do it. I actually didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of had scribbled some things down and I would get on the phone or usually on FaceTime with my editor, Helen Healy, who is just an absolute all-star. Helen, you better be watching this right now. Um, and I think we'll be a, a publishing legend one day, if not, if not already. She's already published a couple New York Times bestsellers. She's just great. Not that the New York Times bestseller list means anything, and it's a complete sham, and I wanna get on it next week so that we can uh, just even further prove what a sham it is because they won't put me at whatever number I'm supposed to be at, which is what they did last time. And Glenn Beck, by the way, you wanna know what a bananas sham the New York Times bestseller list is. Has any author ever done this in the history of writing on the day of printing? Talk about what a ridiculous list it is. Glenn Beck, like two weeks ago, his book, The Great Reset, can I get the date on that? What date did that come out? It came out about a month ago, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even six weeks ago. Um, it, that book is crushing it at extraordinary levels. Glenn has written, I don't know, at least a dozen books probably, and this is by far his best-selling book. And about two weeks ago, it was still selling 60,000 hard copies. I believe it was 57,000 hard copies because you can't fudge sales numbers. Sales numbers are legit. You just cannot fudge them. Uh, but the New York Times put a whole bunch of books, like eight books that had sold around 2,000 copies on their top list of, I think they do the top 15 list. They had all these books with 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 copies. And then I think at number 11, they had Glenn Beck with 57 thousand copies. So they have a bestseller list that you think is about sales. And then you find out it's their own special formula. And, it, and man, if the New York Times is fudging with numbers, with what we believe to be numbers, just sales numbers, something actually tangible, what do you think they're fudging with when it comes to the news and the other ways they might want to manipulate you? January, is that what I saw? Yeah. So his book came out in January. We are now in April. And at one point they couldn't even print enough to sell them. Um, so that tells you a little bit about how he's crushing it, which I love being around people that are crushing it in more extraordinary ways because then it makes you, it makes you want more. It's like, man, Glenn, 10 books in, 57,000 copies, three months later, we got a lot of work to do. Like that, that's, you know, when you play basketball, you want to be around a better player because they'll make you better. Uh, that, that's a beautiful thing. Um, Beth, did you always want to be a writer? Um, it's funny in a weird way now, Beth, I'm signing this for you. Um, did I always want to be a writer? No, actually. Um, when we started getting some offers, as I said, I was on tour with Jordan Peterson and I was, I was so lucky to be just in the limelight of that thing. You know, Jordan at his, at his peak and the best of the best, and he's been pretty great for this past year that he's been back too. Uh, but to be on that worldwide tour that, that everyone said, everyone, everyone professional related to that tour, the agents, the bookers, the lawyers, everybody, the, the audience members, like they had never seen anything like that before. It's one thing to get rock star sellouts when you're a rock group. 
it's one thing to get rock star sellouts when uh, you're a comedian, but he was getting every single show selling out, often in minutes, people turning their lives around, all this stuff, and I was around that, and it started making me think, there is something that I'm part of here that I do have something unique to say. You know, I, I sort of came on in, maybe in the back door in a way, like as an interviewer, right? So my garage, that's where most of those shows took place years ago. It was literally the garage of my home. It was the center for uh, what was eventually called the intellectual dark web. And we were sort of at the beginning of discussing all of these things that are wrong with society. And in some ways, in some ways, all of our discussions, as valuable as they were, it, they didn't work enough because things have proceeded to get worse. But that's also why I wanted to write this book because now it's enough. It's enough talking. We have to do something to stop this insanity. So I don't think I considered myself a writer purely in that sense of, you know, I want to go out to, uh, to the forest somewhere in the winter and, you know, write my book like this is misery and then at the end smokes my cigarette and drive a thing and then you fall off the thing and then the ladies you know, whacking you in the legs. Anyone getting the reference here? I think some of you are. Um, I wasn't thinking about it that way. I don't even have a really, a real writing jacket. And I also don't have a great desk. For, I, I really have a wonderful house here in, in LA. We had a great house. Um, but I kind of write in crazy ways. I'll, I'll just like grab my computer and I'll be sitting at the kitchen desk or I'll be sitting on the couch or I'll be sitting outside, or I'll literally be in the pool and I'll be like, I gotta think that through and I'll grab my phone. So I, I, in that regard, I'm not that organized, which is why having a great editor and a great team of people around me kinda help tightens it, but everyone does it a little bit different. Justin says, and Justin, you're getting a personalized book plate right now. I should be signing these a little faster, I suppose. Uh, is the content something that can be embraced by moderate Democrats? Yes, let me answer that real quick. But if you're just joining us just now, if you want one of these signed, this is, there's only about a hundred of these left. And then, and then I have extras because we'll, I'll sign as many as I have to today. We printed out some extra things that we will send you as well. Uh, but these are the ones going to all the, the influencer all-stars that got these fancy boxes that we sent out with the book in them right there. Uh, you can just buy the book right now at daverubin.com slash book or buy a tour ticket at daverubin.com slash events. Forward the receipt to contact at rubinreport.com and I'm gonna sign one of these for you and you can ask a question in that email that I'll try to get to right here. And we're gonna go as long as, we're gonna go till, we'll try to go, oh man, we're running out of time. Ah, I, got, I got Megan Kelly at noon, so we don't have a lot of time, so I gotta go faster here. Uh, what was the question? What was the question, the previous question? Uh, Justin, is the content, yes, great question, yes. Absolutely. Can the content be embraced by moderate Dems? I hope so. I really hope so. Look, I know I make fun of the Democrats all the time. I, so many of them have lost their mind. You've got these quasi-sane ones like a Bill Maher, something like that. But I want to drag these people, and maybe it has to be kicking and screaming. I want to drag them to the promised land. I want to show them that there's a freer, better America, something that's more reliant on you, that your self-reliance is the thing that can save you. And I think a lot of moderate Democrats are open to that now. now. Like, you cannot be a moderate Democrat and think that the Democrat Party of 2022 and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Gay Pete and all of these people, that they represent you or that they're competent professionals who should be in the jobs that they are in. So this book, in many ways, it's, it's gonna be a nudge and a needle and a, and a little bit of a, a push on the moderate Democrat, but absolutely, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if I'm not moderate enough for a Democrat, then, then maybe they're more of a socialist or a communist or a Marxist than a Democrat. Uh, Karen, Karen, I hope you're not a Karen, Karen. Uh, Karen says, uh, will there be a third book? Well, look, the, the title of this book is Don't Burn This Country. 
And I suppose if the country burns down in the course of the next year before I can publish another book, then there won't be because it'll all be over and there'll be just a few of us left and there'll be a zombie apocalypse and we'll be eating brains and it'll be, uh, well, that's just sort of the natural trajectory. If Biden stays in charge, there'll be no food on the shelves and uh, you know the apocalypse will be here. Yes, I suspect there will be a third book. I, I now see this sort of as a trilogy. So the first book was me laying out the best ideas that I know of for Western society to flourish and for the individual to flourish. This book is okay, those are the ideas, but how do you actually put them into practice? I've tried to explain a little bit of that to you today, being less reliant on these systems, not bowing to the mob, all of that. And then the third one I suspect is they're not gonna stop. They're not gonna stop, so what does a future America really look like? I actually hint to that at the end of this book. I probably, I would, yeah, the prologue to this book is probably where the beginning of the next book will pick up. So if you remember, uh, when Karate Kid ended, Karate Kid 2 took place right in the parking lot, right after the All-Valley Tournament in Encino, where I used to live, by the way, in Los Angeles. Um, that was before I lived there, but nonetheless. Uh, and I like that, I always love that, how cool. Like they end Karate Kid, this amazing movie. And you remember the last scene in Karate Kid, it's just Mr. Miyagi smiling, he's just like, like that. And then uh, next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, uh, they flash forward to Karate Kid Part 2 and it's the parking lot of the event that was just happening. I sense that's what's gonna happen with this book because I kind of hint at what a future America will look like in the prologue. Man, give me two more minutes. Give me two more minutes. I'll do them quick. Give me some questions, quick. Karen, will you be a third book? We just did that one. Give me something else. Anything, one more question. Fast, man. I'm just signing things while I'm waiting. I'm signing things. Sorry. Am I having any locals meetups? Yes. So uh, one of the things that we did a whole bunch of in, in Los Angeles, and then I would do it when I was traveling, we did them in Nashville, we did them in Dallas, a bunch of other places, were these locals community meetups. I can't just meet the average people. I can't just say on YouTube, I'm gonna be here, show, show up and meet me, because not everyone likes me. I, I know that's weird, but not everybody does. Uh, but we do these locals meetups. We haven't want, done one in Florida yet, but yes, we are gonna, oh no, we did do one in Miami, but before I moved here but we will do a Miami meetup at a bar we will, or a bar or restaurant. We, we actually have a good outdoor location that I wanna do where we're just gonna take over and hopefully you know, we get a couple dozen, if not a hundred or more people uh, just hanging out and having drinks and shooting the shit as they say and having a good time. So we will do more of those. And if you wanna meet me over the next couple months, uh, daverubin.com slash events, we're bouncing around all over the place with the tour. And another reminder, the Orlando show, which was supposed to be on Monday, it is not canceled, it is postponed because we got the guest of all guests, the guy that I would wanna to talk to more than anybody else. Oh, and now I said it was a guy. But I'm not a biologist, so maybe it's a chick. Who the hell knows, okay? Uh, but we will be moving that date. We can hopefully update you as soon as possible, maybe even later today. We're just waiting on a signature on something. And uh, then we will do the Orlando show Disney happens to be in Orlando. They'll be very happy that I'm in town. That's, this is very exciting. I'm dropping hints like you can't believe, people. Uh, if you want to join me on any of the other stops, including the Florida ones, West Palm and Clearwater, uh, DaveRubin.com slash events. And yeah, for the next 17 minutes, I'm gonna, I didn't sign enough of these while I was doing this, obviously. I didn't get to as many as possible. Um, but for the next 17 minutes, I will sign as many possible things as you guys submit. So even though I can't sign them all in 17 minutes, if I get 500 more sales right now or 10,000 more sales, I will sign every single one. We'll get that out to you. Uh, DaveRubin.com slash book and just forward 
your receipt over to contact at rubenreport.com. At noon today, I'm joining Megan Kelly for the hour on her show. Uh, I did a podcast exclusive with Ben Shapiro that should be up a little bit later. And uh, am I doing anything on Fox tonight? I did Fox and Friends this morning. I think I'm, I think I'm on Kennedy. I'm on Kennedy's program this evening. She wears thick rimmed glasses, that Kennedy, that libertarian Kennedy. Uh, I'm also doing the Eric Metaxas show a little later today, Will Kane's podcast, uh, and a whole bunch of stuff this week. You will be sick of me by the end of the week. I will be sick of me by the end of the week. Uh, on that note, thank you guys. This is a big day. I know this is a little bit of, a, of an offshoot show for us today, but just thank you for all of your support. I promise if you get the book, you're gonna dig it and find the ideas in it valuable. And, uh, and this is gonna be a, remember this day. How about that? Remember April 12th, 2022, because for a long time, we've talked about ideas, we've called out the morons. Now it's time to shift into the new mode. And the new mode is how do we, how do we escape? How do we build? How do we win? Those are the directions that I wanna go in. Uh, those are the, those are the ideas that I want to focus on. And that's how we will get out of this madness. And I promise you that we will. I know we all feel like we're in something that we can't get out of. We can get out of it. Humans have been through worse than this. And, uh, the best is yet to come. I'm Dave Rubin. The book is Don't Burn This Country. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.